0: Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years, but when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app, and it's still available on all podcasting platforms. Check us out. Head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling.
1: Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday,
0: the Standing Streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business.
1: The Putting You Over podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday.
2: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm
1: Alan. Alan? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we share the room. Share the room. For we right? share the room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go yeah. way back, mate. Hey. Yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a
0: podcast. What's it called?
1: The... Broadcast.
0: Yeah, that was planned. yeah,
1: yeah,
2: well...
1: Hey, really hey yeah, yeah, it's
0: alright, good on you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, yeah, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. so you, Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two, HeelsAndAFace.com.
2: Hey, everyone. My name is referee Tony S. And this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you, first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan. And for nearly two decades, I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative, tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. And most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment. Answer your questions. Anything goes. No holds? Well, questions barred. And throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand, also known as the Can-Am Connection, if you've been recently listening into the show. It's uh, one of our new monikers. But before we say anything more, I want to say thank you for everyone listening to the program and downloading we've had a tremendous month of downloads really really good numbers and uh, just really appreciative of everybody who takes time to listen you can follow us on social media as well we'll be giving those handles out at the end of the show so many things to talk about AEW All In happened in London but you know what it's a shame that people aren't really talking about the card There's some other things that are being talked about. Also, we're going to give you some information on Terry Funk's funeral. There's going to be a funeral service held. We'll give you the time, the dates, and when. The celebration of life will be happening as well. We're also going to be talking about the passing of Bray Wyatt. Uh, Many news outlets have been reporting on it we're going to go in depth how much the wwe universe really benefited from having somebody like bray all that and i'm sure we're going to go into so much more but let me go ahead and bring him in my brother from another mother from another country far far away really not that far away probably a lot closer than i think his name is christopher butt what's going on man
0: oh this is it mike another night hanging out with you covering from a busy weekend and a busy start to the work week my real job well is back in the shop so Things are good, but outside of that life is
1: good. I was going to ask you, so as everyone knows, you know, the buildup leading to this big, big uh, show that was going to be happening, and the Butster was getting all the toys ready. Uh, last week's episode, uh, the Mrs. was actually uh, painting cars and uh, doing all that kind of stuff as well. So kind of give us the rundown. How did the weekend go? Um, did it exceed expectations? Did it just meet expectations? Uh, walk me through.
0: Oh. Uh. As, far as I'm concerned it definitely exceeded expectations uh all the cars that we had for sale there was proceeds were going to the to the event we sold them all wow so I was 58 cars uh, 15 bucks a pop so all proceeds got donated to the car show which in turn donated all to the fire department which is a which is a good college can't go wrong there uh business for like the things that we were selling for ourselves was very good got some great connections. I uh, met some nice people, like lovely people, never, <laughs> didn't know them before. Uh, they came up and spoke to me or whatnot. Uh, ironically, uh, one guy came by. Uh, he's a friend of a friend of mine and gave Linda a bottle of wine and me a bottle of bourbon to say thank you for coming out to the show and, and contributing. Wow. Our, our sales were good. Like I said, met a, a ton of fantastic people. And we're already planning it for next year. Uh, next oh, my gosh. will be on August 31st. Wow. I have a year. I'm, I want to make a bigger ramp. We're talking scaffolding next year.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh my. Listen to this. Oh, yeah, you know, just just when the butster says, you know what? Oh, I put all the time in. I'm ready for a little break. He just gets that itch again, you know?
0: I, I took Sunday
2: off.
1: Uh huh. You know what they're going to be chanting every single time you're at a show and the rumor comes out that you might be leaving the woodworking community? <laughs> one more show. One more <laughs> show. That's what they're going to be doing. So exciting. So happy to hear that things went really well because you guys have been working to the grind. I mean, just getting everything done. Lack of sleep, like you said before, your day job is is very demanding as well. And, um, you know, a lot of people, I don't I don't think they truly understand that when you run your own business in addition to your day job. Um, how demanding that is on your time and your schedule and, and everything else.
0: Oh, it is for sure. You think I do about 50 hours a week at my job uh, that pays the bills, and then I'm minimum of 20 hours a week in my wood shop, if not more. Wow. Especially like a week, two weeks leading up to the show, sleep gets real short because I'm one of those people who wants five more toys. Then I'll get those, and I want five more now. Yeah, I want 10 more or that's just the way it is. You always want to have more because I have a fear of running out. That's not possible for me at this point. I have Linda counted them up. It's just north of 1500 toys made in this house right now. Oh, my gosh. So it sounds like <laughs> you'd like to
1: have a stockpile. So you just add to the stockpile pool from that, but you still keep a certain base inventory. So you're not you know, working yourself to the grind when it comes to a big show. Does that sound accurate? No, because
0: I still work myself like a madman leading up to the show just to get a little more. Like tonight, I got home, had supper, and I was in my shop till well when you text me at 9. I came up and got ready for the show. Right, just working on something new now. I'm working on some volcanoes and dinosaurs now. So.
1: Ooh, volcanoes and dinosaurs. It's really cool when the brand ex- it expands and, and there's new product line that's coming out. It's always exciting but you're uh you are very much like terry funk in some ways you will go out there and you'll put your body on the line and you'll give the audience and the the spectators and everyone who buys your product every ounce of energy you have and and i know that we sound like we're playing it up we are not um there have been many many nights that i've i've talked to the butt and i said hey what's going on he goes back at it man back at it I'll, i'll catch up with you soon and that's just the way it is so for everybody I, else who, who runs their own business, th- this is not new to them. But if you want to be successful in life, you gotta you gotta grind it. And and Buster's definitely doing that.
0: Well, that's for sure. And like with with the toys, there's a lot of children at this car show, and a lot of parents and grandparents and whatnot. And and you feel good when you see like a kid come up and the especially the grandfathers. Was there from the made wooden toy generation? Yes, There's the people that are a little bit older than us. And the grandfathers would talk about, well, Ma, I made toy cars that look like that or just like that or had them. And then they buy it for their grandkids. And you see the grandkids and the grandparents playing with it whatnot. just makes you feel good. And especially when you see there was one little boy, his grandfather bought him a bus. Oh, man, that kid beat the crap out of that toy. Thrown it off, everything, throwing it up into the air, landing, running it into everything. But it didn't break, son. That's right. Nice this stuff like that, right?
1: That's quality craftsmanship, right there. Plus, you know what? If he's playing with it that much, then you know he's really into it. Yeah, it just makes you feel good. Well, things that'll make you feel good are celebrations, and even though a passing does happen, celebrations of life are for the living. That's what they often say about funerals. It's about people getting together to share memories and stories and laugh and also cry. Terry Funk recently passed away. A wrestling legend, not only from the NWA times, but from the territory times, from his times in WWE to WCW, even into TNA, Terry made a big impression on and everyone. If you caught last week's last week's episode, we, we talked about Terry and we talked about his career, but Funk's family would like everyone to know what is going to be happening. So this recently came out Funk family. We would like to let everybody know visitation is going to be happening on Thursday, August the 31st. Uh, from 5 to 7 p.m. And the Brooks Funeral Directors, and that's going to be at 1702 Fifth Avenue in Canyon, Texas. If you'd like to call and get some information here, it's going to be 806-644-2111. Once again, that's for the visitation. Definitely reach out to there as well. If you want to donate flowers, definitely give them a call as well. The service is going to be Friday, September 1st, 23 at 2 p.m. at the Hillside Christian Church. It's going to be in the West Campus, and that's at 6100 South, South Souncy, uh, S-O-N-C-Y, Road, and that's going to be in Amarillo, Texas, 79119. If you have questions about the service uh, or attending the service, feel free to give them a call at 806-457-4900. Um, so, so many things are going to be going on um, surrounding the celebration of life for the late Terry Funk. Um, I'll make sure that I pass this information along on my Twitter account. But uh, such a great career, such a great man. And he lost his wife, I believe, in 2019. They were super, super close, sweethearts for decades. And um, they're reunited again. Uh, But the pain is for those of us who are still here. Uh, There's a little hollow spot in our heart for uh, missing the Funkster. But uh, yeah, updated news on Terry Funk. Uh, Anything else that you'd like to share, Butster, about about the Funkster,
0: just a, he's he's gonna be missed. He he's an icon. He's a legend, a superstar. I don't know how you want to describe him. You know, middle-aged and crazy, whatever you want to call it. He he set the bar so high on a lot of things. Yeah, and he's gonna be missed, and and that's just the reality of it. And for anybody who maybe not from overly familiar with cemetery funk stuff, get on the internet, YouTube or. However, else and just go check out some of the stuff. He maybe you'll gain a little, little more appreciation to how great that man truly was. And more importantly, from what you read, he was a good man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Rest on the side,
0: we're, let's let's get off that topic for a minute. He was a good person for much of her. Amen. And I, I don't know of any um, rumors you hear or whatnot of run-ins with the law or or not. Being good backstage or anything like that. What's that say for you? If, if there's not even rumors about you, you're probably a pretty top-notch person. Because I know Tommy Dreamer absolutely loves him. Uh, they were tighter than tight could be. Uh, we all know how Mikey feels about him. Mikey whipwreck I mean, yep, he loves the man, worships the ground he walks on. Yep. I mean, he, everything you hear, he was a good person, plain and simple. Outside of wrestling, he was a good person. So let's. let's try to look at something positive in that.
1: Well, and and I think nowadays, you know, not to say that we don't think about people, if we're talking about specifically wrestling, in the wrestling world, but there are a lot of people out there who are good human beings. And when they pass, I feel like sometimes we get so caught up with what their legacy was in the business itself. But the Butster makes a huge point. He was a good man, good father, good husband, good brother good son. And in a world where he could have easily had the biggest ego, he could have been selfish, he could have done all these things because, to be honest, I mean, he was he was the creme de la creme. Uh, he wasn't that way. He wasn't cut from that cloth. He was brought up to be extremely um, humble and express a lot of humility. And that's kind of the way everyone talks about the Funk family is that they're a very down-to-earth family. They love their wrestling but they love their family even more. And you know what? I'm more happy to hear stories about Terry, the person and the father and the husband than I ever care about. Um, if it's wrestling, if, if no wrestling was ever discussed, I'd be totally fine. I just want to hear about what Christmases were like and, you know, Terry barbecuing and going on vacation and just being a, a crazy kook who, um, just lived a love life, you know, and, and that's the most important thing. So Terry Funk will definitely be missed. Again, I am posting as we speak onto my Twitter account all the funeral arrangements and the people that you need to get a hold of if you would like to donate flowers or uh, go to the service itself. All right. With that being said, we got more news on another unfortunate story that broke. Um, they often say passing comes in threes. And uh, God, I hope we don't get a third one, because for those of you not familiar, Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, meaning his his real name, um, was scheduled to be coming back to WWE. And unfortunately, uh, those plans just never materialized. So we know the story. And so if you're not super familiar about it, here's what happened. Bray Wyatt ended up getting cut, released from WWE. I want to say it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, and as Meltzer reported on the wrestling observer, that there was a very small pocket of people who knew he had a heart condition and it was kind of uncertain whether or not he was going to be able to wrestle again. So maybe giving his release might've been something where, you know what, he might've requested it. We don't even know. Um, but just because of his health was a situation. Well, we had heard from his father, IRS, this is according to Meltzer, that things are going better and that he was getting better. He then had gotten covid And due to COVID, anytime you have a pre-existing health condition, it definitely jumps on top of it and uh, it makes life even worse. So recently we found out more news about it and there was a heart device that he was supposed to wear. I want to say it was like a defibrillator that he was to wear. Um, He was feeling tired from everything I've read, went up to take a nap upstairs just to refresh himself and uh, ended up suffering a massive heart attack and never came back. Um, They said that they found the defibrillator device uh, away from him. So it looks like he didn't have it on when he went to lay down. And that's what ultimately ended up taking his life. So sad situation. So sad. I mean, I don't know how it would feel to be his kids. I can't imagine what it would be to be his wife, even to be his ex-wife, to be his father, his mother, his siblings. That's a pill that's hard to swallow. Mm -hmm. And our hearts in our thoughts and our prayers definitely go out to the entire, um, rotundo family. Butster, let me ask you a question. When you heard more details about the passing, it's just, I guess the, the only thing I can say is it's just so sad the way it ended because it almost seems like he was ready to come back again. Um, and then things just drastically changed. It sucks.
0: Plain and simple. That's about as straightforward of an answer as you can get. This is terrible. 37, 36 years old?
1: Yeah, 36 years old.
0: I'm still fairly young man. Very much. Uh, uh, it's it's a bit of a reality check. Not, not to sound morbid about it, but you, you never know if you got tomorrow type of thing. Know, I'm not trying to drag the show down. But I apologize if that's what's happening, but it's, it's, just, it's just bad. Because yeah. you gotta think you would assume professional wrestler, professional athlete with WWE, got all got access to all the top notch doctors and everything. And still doesn't still doesn't help, unfortunately, when it's your time, it's your time, I guess. And it's, it's just disheartening. It's hard to hear about a, a young man that age. His family's gotta be going through everything, every emotion possible, I would imagine. A lot of tears well, I assume sadness uh heaven forbid sounds bad but some depression happening i'm sure i'm sure with a little mixture of happiness every once in a while when they think about something or they talk about a specific thing like the whole gambit of emotions they're going through uh, i don't know it's just sad just it's just not good plain and simple this is not good it's it's and it's hard to hear when it's you know, I mean. He had a hurt underlying heart condition. He got covid and unfortunately all got the better of him. Yeah. It's just it's just tough. It's just so sad to hear. It's, it's sad to hear when anybody, especially when it's only thirty thirty six years old, no young kids and all that. It's no good.
1: Uh report came out from TMZ. Um, was basically giving a little bit more information here. So, obviously, we talked about, you know, he had a heart condition, and then he recently got COVID, and then, you know, things just kind of deteriorated. Well, more information is starting to come out about everything that was happening to him leading up to this year's WrestleMania, where he was actually scheduled to come back and face uh, Bobby Lashley, which was supposed to be, you know, his big return. So... Uh, After he was discovered to be having a heart issue, he had a severe bout of COVID in March. Um, They thought that he would be able to come back in April for WrestleMania 39 after he recovered. Now, he did initially start to get better. Um, Unfortunately, during a follow-up visit, he was advised to start wearing an external defibrillator. Now, this is for people who are susceptible to going into cardiac arrest. They uh, recommend you to wear that just in case the heart does go through uh, prolonged periods of it, not beating. They ended up finding the device in his car, um, separate from where he was when he went to go take a nap. And, um, they said the issue with his heart was it was a lower weak portion of the bottom of his heart. Uh, and that unfortunately was, um, was what ended up getting him. So it wasn't even just felt in WWE, but it was it was felt all over the wrestling world. People were wearing armbands with Funk and Wyatt on there as well, much like they did for Brody Lee. Um, AEW paid homage to Bray Wyatt as well. And Tony Khan has said that he is allowing anyone, regardless of storyline, to go to the funeral service if they want to skip Dynamite this upcoming week. Not a problem at all. They're going to put on a great show they're just letting everyone know, hey, guess what? We're going to kind of pause the storylines um, just because we have a lot of people who want to go. And that's life. And that's way more important than uh, than telling stories right now. We'll come back to telling stories the following week. I think that's incredibly respectful from Tony. Um, I, I know I've grilled Tony before. And, you know, we've openly been very vocal about some of his decision making. But to say we're pausing the show to allow people to get together and grieve is probably the most respectful thing I've I've heard in a long time. Um, and it's very, very refreshing to hear that. Again, WWE does an amazing job. They are always there for their stars. And to know a rival company, if, if I can even use the word rival. I mean, because in the wrestling world, everyone knows each other. And they all want to see the best for each other. So, anyway. Um, yeah, that's, that's the Bray Wyatt situation right now as it stems. It's uh, very, very sad. Very, very sad. All right. Trying to at least put our our foot forward and and take a step in the the right direction. AEW had a monumental weekend in London at Wembley Stadium. All In was the fifth uh, incarnation of this. Uh, Obviously, they did the first All In five years ago when they sold out Chicago, which was 10,000 seats. It was an independent show. Wasn't even a part of AEW at that point. However, Tony Khan, I believe, was there in attendance and decided that you know what, maybe we need to get something started here. So they did Wembley Stadium this past Sunday, and I watched the pay per view, and then I watched the pay per view a second time. And you ever notice this, Buster? Sometimes you can appreciate things the second time you watch it because you pick up on things that you missed before.
0: Absolutely, just like that with TV shows and movies, might not something you might have missed. You catch it the second time, and sometimes it can make a huge effect. Something subtle, and then when you catch it, what well, now such and such thing makes sense now, or it makes more sense. Absolutely. It's always fun with, when you have time to go back. If you, I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately. I'm going to get to it maybe. Hopefully it's quiet at the office tomorrow. Maybe I'll watch it when I'm working. You never know. You know it's always nice when you if you re-watch something and you catch new stuff because you're just re-entertained yeah right like so, you know, watching it all again but it's different if that makes any sense whatsoever no
1: no it does it, it makes total sense um going back and and when you watch it the first time you're you're kind of caught up with just the i guess the spectacle of all of it and you don't maybe appreciate all of the matches themselves. But then when you start watching it back, you start to really see how hard uh, the talent worked to put on this show, how hard the production crew worked to put on this show. Um, So once again, there were so many matches here. You first had uh, our opening match. Well, let's first start with the um, all-in pre-show. So, Butster, you and I, unfortunately, were were incorrect. Uh, Do you want me to tell you the spoilers, or do you... uh...
0: Oh, I've already... You've already read about it? Okay. Yeah.
1: So there's no... So if if you haven't seen All In, uh, you might want to go ahead and just fast forward through all of this. But if you have seen it already, feel free to listen to our thoughts regarding it. So they started with the what they call the Zero Hour, which is something that everyone can watch. It's almost like the free-for-all, if you remember on the TV Guide channel for WWE back in the day, which is kind of dating myself. Mm -hmm. But um, you had MJF and Adam Cole taking on Aussie Open. Uh, for the tag matches, tag titles. The match only went, I think, between six and seven minutes. It was a very safe match. Um, they were really basically just trying to continue to build the story of Max and, and and Adam Cole. And it surprised me, Butster. I really thought that they were going to do something that would build up tension leading into the match. But you know what? They went in the completely opposite direction Uh, Cole MJF ended up winning the ring of honor tag team championships. And, um, it was really neat to see that. And we're seeing a big shift in the character of MJF. So let me ask you this on a scale one to 10. How are you surprised that, uh, they didn't have one of them turn on each other?
0: 12. Yeah. I, I said it on the, on the show last week, I think. Yep. Well, I definitely said it to you in our private chats. That's where it's happening. One's going to screw the other one, going to make the main event that much bigger, get the tension. I got this one completely wrong. It made sense, and maybe that's why they didn't do it. It made too much sense, I guess. I don't know. I I am curious where you go with it. That's the thing. Like, Where do you go with them being the champions together? Like, how, much, how much gold does Max need?
2: Well,
1: I, and I feel like, in and, and I was equally wrong, and so my whole concept of what I thought was going to be the fallout from all of this was completely wrong as well. So I definitely was very much in the wrong, more wrong than the butster because I took this thing further out. But I wonder if WWE had so much success with the bloodline, a storyline that really captivated an audience that AEW might've said, you know, if we ever have something that's kind of lightning in a bottle, maybe we should let this thing play out for a while. Maybe we should, you know, do long-term storytelling. I know a lot of people, said they're big fans of long-term storytelling. Uh, If you're a big fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know they do long-term storytelling as well. They'll give you little tidbits that eventually when you look back at them and you put it all together, you're like, oh my God, that makes perfect sense. How did I not see that? But I think they're so white hot right now. I also think from a merchandising and sales perspective, they are making money hand over fist with the merchandise of this. And it's selling more tickets to Dynamites. So you know what? Why not continue it? Eventually, they will break it up. Now, how will they do that? You know, is, is the Roderick Strong situation going to play into effect? Is the kingdom going to play into effect with this as well? I do believe it will. Um, but right now, I guess Tony's thought process, let's just ride this out. And let's see how many, uh, how many weeks we can get out of it. Because why rush, right? How many times have we said in wrestling, man, they started something. And now the blow off is the following Monday Night Raw or the following collision or the following dynamite or it just went too quickly. And in the age of wrestling fans and and maybe not even just wrestling fans, but fans in general who need that instant gratification. I think that that's how wrestling ended up falling into that trap. Oh, we got to give them a, a give them a short thing so we keep their attention. But maybe there's some stories that actually need to be fleshed out, and they need to have some breath to it. So let's hit the reset button, Butster. So Adam Cole and MJF right now are the tag champions. They beat the Aussie Open. Where do you now, and and they're still on great terms. I mean, there was an emotional moment at the end of that match, and you got to see it. I mean, it was legit. Like, it'll give you chills. It was so good the way it was done. And I have to give Max so much credit because I busted his balls for a long time. But to see what he did and the way he handled that story is great where do you go from here butster what's your thoughts
0: i don't know because where i thought it was going was completely wrong i don't know where you go with it i would think you're still going to try to work in roddy strong in his feud somehow because you're not going to bring him in and just have him do quick little vignette cameo appearances yep Uh, i wouldn't think so anyhow so they're gonna work that in somehow. Roddy's gonna get a tag partner. Maybe. I don't know. Cause I where I thought it was going didn't happen. Well, I, I put all my eggs in one basket. We'll see. I had one thought. This is what's happening. And I was wrong. So I'm I'm kind of lost on where you'll go with this. Because you don't want one one wrestler having too much goal, too many championships. I don't think you do anyhow. Well,
1: well, you're right, but I mean, okay, let me ask you this question. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: We've often talked about the belt as a prop, right? Sometimes we talked about the belt can make the man, the man can make the belt. Do you ever feel that the story is so good? It's not necessarily about the belts, and it feels like the belts almost take a secondary uh, seat when it comes to telling a good story. For example, the Usos, right? the tag team champions of Raw and SmackDown. I was so interested in what was happening in the story that I completely forgot that they were the tag champions on both shows. Uh, It was just, it was like, oh yeah, they're going to have a match to defend the championships. So maybe in some ways, if the story is compelling enough, the belts themselves, who the number one contender written on, none of that stuff really seems to matter when you feel like you're that person that's, you know, kind of looking through the people in your in your front door watching the neighbors because it's so damn interesting. Does that make sense?
0: It does, but now my counterpoint to that is if the belts don't make a difference, why have the belts on them? This is very Would true. Would you not be further ahead to have the belts on somebody? You're right. Where you can create something, make You're them right. a little more relevant. I, I agree is that you. not a more of a win win? You're 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 making you're keeping your belts relevant. You're making another tag team more relevant, more important. But MJF and Adam Cole, or or the Usos, the belts not helping them. The belts not hurting them. Correct. It's not really it's, doing it's anything. Really much. It's irrelevant. Right. So my take on it is fine. Put the belts on somebody else to build somebody else up. You no, know, you can you can get another feud going with whoever it would be. Whoever you put the belts on, and keep your belts around. Keep them on TV. Keep them being defended, to where people care, and you're still going to be able to run with the Usos, MJF, Adam Cole, whoever it would be. To me, it would seem like you're you're maximizing it a little bit more. Cause yeah, Max and, and Cole having the belt doesn't matter it it really doesn't matter i don't think
1: the only thing i can think of and and i'm i'm in agreement with you i mean if the story is so good then do they necessarily have to have the belts as well you could still tell the story and still bring up and elevate other tag teams as well and give them a chance to have good feuds with each other the only thing i can think of and i thought about this when i was watching the show was that it could add just initial wrinkle into the storyline of them. And what I mean by that. Is. As they have these matches. Maybe there's certain things that we start to pick up on and we notice. And then ultimately. They end up losing the tag titles. And there was a bigger reason as to why they lost the tag titles. And then this rift starts. And we continue with that. And that obviously culminates to their big blow-off match. That's the only thing I can think of. It just. It gives the story more depth and it gives them, meaning AEW, more time to tell that story. Um, could be completely wrong. I could be talking out of my ass. I have no idea. I don't, I clearly don't know wrestling as well as I thought I did, but there's so many theories on how this thing is going to go. But right now, I think they are the hottest act right now in AEW. And I think if Tony wants to let this thing breathe a little bit, so be it. Let it breathe a little bit. Um, so that was the first match in the uh, zero hour. Our second match, man, there's so many things regarding this second match. So it was Jungle Boy, or now he's just known as Jack Perry, which I was very critical of him as a heel. I thought he was overacting. I thought it just wasn't believable. I felt like it was very contrived. Now I'm starting to change a little bit and see that he's really starting to come into this and embrace this heel character. Well, obviously he was the uh, FTW champion. Uh, He had beat Rob Van Dam to retain that championship. And then it was announced he would be taking on Hook at Wembley. FTW matches are no holds barred, non-sanctioned, none of that stuff. So, Jack Perry comes out in the limousine with his music playing. Hook then meets him in the middle of the aisle. They brawl down the aisle. They brawl on top. Of the limousine as well. Um, Jack Perry does the Rolling Thunder from Rob Van Dam, kind of doing homage to that or mocking him. I would probably say mocking. But then something happened in the match that uh, was a call out. So Jack Perry motions for the camera to come over to the limousine and he knocks on it, knocks on the windshield. This is real glass, Crimea River. And initially I thought, no, there, no, after everything that's gone on drama-wise, no, we've moved on past these backstage arguments, haven't we? And Hook ends up winning the championship and whatnot. But what I did not realize was until after the fact that there was a confrontation between Jack Perry and CM Punk about the comment that he had made on camera. Now, the Butster and I talked about this last week and the actual incident with the glass. Didn't we say that happened in June, but something like that. So what was happening is on collision, uh, Jack Perry wanted to do uh, a spot in a match where he used real glass. And he thought, oh, this is great. I'm coming up with this idea for this match. I want to use glass. Well, evidently, CM Punk had gotten word that that was something he wanted to do. Punk pulled him aside and said, hey, look, at the end of the day, we need to stop being so risky with our matches. And that's very true. AEW has been known for being very risky and maybe sometimes too risky. And you remember they had all those injuries last year, right? I feel like there's a lot of things that they do that they could really cut down on. And I think we're all in agreement with the more safety, the better. Put on a good show. For the love of God, you don't have to do all these crazy things. So Punk pulls him aside and says, hey, man, let's we're, let's not do the glass. We're, we're not doing the glass. I don't want this to become a gratuitous, violent show, just like the other shows. They really want Collision to stand out as a separate entity all by itself. So he and um, Perry had a good conversation about that. And... I guess Perry was bothered by the fact that uh, Punk vetoed it or at least expressed his disdain for it not going to happen. Now, this then leads into the conversation of, has Tony Khan given CM Punk any type of responsibility, any type of uh, power, if you will? Or is it just a veteran trying to tell a young boy, hey, man, you probably don't want to do this, And Punk then gave an explanation as to why you don't want to do this, because if you do these things all the time, when we have big matches and blow off matches and pay-per-views, it doesn't have the same feel to it. If they've already seen the violence all the time, dial it back, use the violence when it's necessary. I'm in 100% agreement with CM Punk. 100.
0: Can't argue that point.
1: I can't argue that. I think it is great advice from a vet. I think this is what we're looking for from veterans. Hey, guy, come on over here. I've been there. I've done that. I've seen that. I've walked that road. I don't think it's a good idea for you to do this. I just don't think it's safe. Perry took it personal. Again, this is that new generation of of athletes. I mean, but you, you have, I've seen it all over social media, TikTok. Everybody thinks their shit don't stink. Um, And I feel like with AEW, there's more of that than there is other places. I feel like a lot of these people have gotten pushed to the moon who've only been in the business a couple of years. And I don't really feel like, and this is going to sound harsh, but I don't feel like they've really paid their dues as much as some of the other guys have. And I know that's going to sound like, wait a minute, if he's on national TV, he must be doing something right. Yes and no. Just because you're on national TV doesn't mean that you're ready for national TV. It means that, hey, this is the roster they have, and they're working with what they got. So these guys are growing up in front of our faces right now, especially with Perry. um, Already a champion with Luchasaurus. So, I mean, he's already tasted gold before. Now they give him gold with the FTW Championship. But I, I think the maturity level on Jack Perry was not good. I think he should have said, you know what? All right, I get it. I might not like it, but I get it. So, anyway, flashback to the zero hour. He motions for the camera, knock, knock, knock on the windshield of the limousine. Hey, this is real glass. Crimea River. Well, Not the best idea to disrespect your elders, not a real good idea to disrespect somebody who has done way more in this industry and is trying to stop you from hurting yourself. Anyway, he comes through the curtain, and that was the last match on the pre-show. Punk and Samoa Joe were the first match on the main card and tempers flared. Um, It depends on who you're listening to. Some people say that, Punk approached him and said, what was the deal with that, man? Like, why did you call me out? Like, we're trying to cut this drama stuff out. And that was literally something he said. No more drama. No more. And Perry evidently said a few choice words. And Chest bumped Punk. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. And evidently, Punk took exception to that, which I think a lot of people would take upset. Obses- uh, um, you know, with that. Evidently, he got punched, allegedly. Punk punk punched him. And then either put him in a chokehold or a headlock. Depending on who you listen to. And proceeded to have his way with Perry. Well, Samoa Joe, who was there as well, broke the situation up. Tried to calm down his longtime friend CM Punk. CM Punk then allegedly says, that's it, I'm done with the drama, I quit. So we are literally minutes before their match is supposed to go on. And Punk is saying, I'm quit, I'm done with the drama, I'm done with these young kids, I'm done with everybody shooting their mouth off. And I will say this, can't really disagree with him. I can't can't disagree with his level of frustration. Now, should he have punched and then choked him out? No. What I would say is, as a vet, As a role model, if that's even a phrase to use, he could have just basically said, you know what? You're on your own, dude. Do what you want to do, but don't come to me or come to anybody else when you get hurt doing stupid shit that is unnecessary. And he could have walked away. I think as a vet, he should not have choked the guy out if that's the case. But then again, I'm not there. I mean, if I got chest bumped by somebody and they said some few words to me, I really can't tell you how I'd respond. I'd be pretty pissed off. So when it comes to this situation, the rumor is that Jack Perry is going to get more reprimand than CM Punk will in this one situation. Um, allegedly, there were two other altercations that were happening with Punk as well that day as well. But let's, let's kind of keep these in chronological order. What's your take on this, this first interaction with Jack Perry?
0: Okay. So I'll go back a little bit. If I may him telling Jack Perry, maybe you don't need the glass. I have no issues with that. I agree. Because as you said, and we've said before, some of the stuff you're doing is a bit much.
1: All those matches where they're doing like the blood, and I mean, look at Moxley for God's yeah, sakes,
0: it's just getting to be too much. And I, yeah, I'm i all for tough physical matches, I'm not one of those snowflakes that oh my God, he's bleeding. That's not what I mean, but save that for something special, for something bigger, like you said, to blow off. Yep, uh, Jack Perry's wrong. I agree. And you know, he got punched in the mouth and choked out. Fuck around and find out. That's what happened there. He fucked around. He found out.
1: I'm not going to lie to you. I I almost said the same thing. Guess what? You want to, you want to, you know, you want to ball up?
0: No No issues with that whatsoever. That shit happens. Yeah. That happens in locker rooms. Mm -hmm. Playing a that has been going on for a long, long time. I've been on both sides of that. Hell, going back as far as high school. Yeah. It's the way it is. That's you play the roughest sport
1: it. there is, hockey. Yeah. It's, right. it's football with yeah. less pads and fighting's allowed.
0: Yep, absolutely. It's just the way it is. Sometimes things just had to be sorted out. Now, I don't condone violence. Don't take what I'm saying is, hey, if a guy crosses you, punch him in the mouth. Not what I mean not what i'm saying at all i hope that's not how this will come across but for jack perry in a locker room setting mm-hmm. okay to come in and and pull that stunt on tv totally poking the bear totally mm-hmm. just being a, a numbskull and then to go back and make it worse and goat at some XCM like cm punk yeah you got punch in the mouth You deserved it.
1: Yeah.
0: Shit happens. Amen. Yeah, you can't. I can't do that at work tomorrow. I work in an office. If me and somebody get into an argument, I can't punch them in the mouth and choke them out. Correct. No, you cannot. And I'm not necessarily saying you should do it in a locker room setting either. But sometimes that's just how things get sorted out. Yeah been happening for many many years and guess why It's going to happen for many many more years Jack Perry is wrong this is a complete lack of maturity a complete lack of professionalism and I like Jack Perry so I'm not cutting him up I like this new gimmick I love this new gimmick right the, the heel arrogant I like it I did it 100%. Maybe this is really him. Maybe it's not a gimmick. Maybe he is just a bit of a twat waffle. Well, okay. So
1: once again, I'd like to thank the butster for giving us some, some great vernacular right here is twat waffle Canadian or is that just,
0: I don't know. Okay. I have no idea.
1: So let me throw this out at you. Okay. So I think we're all in agreement so far in this situation, but let's, Let's also look at it from the perspective of punk. Now, once again, young guy smarts off, says this or that, chest bumps you. It's a pride thing, too. You don't want to look like you just got you know, told up by somebody who's been in the business for a cup of coffee. However, let's play devil's advocate here. Could he have said, all right, I tried. I tried to help you. Mm-hmm. You're on your own. And then walked away. And the reason why I say that is because, again, yes, sometimes people need a firm kick in the ass. No doubt about that. Sometimes it makes them a little bit more understanding. But when you're a leader, does that necessarily show leadership? Or does it show that, you know what, if people don't see things your way and a situation gets hot, uh, then you're going to explode? Now, let's say the chest bump didn't happen. Do you think that this situation should have been handled differently by Punk?
0: Yeah, if if Perry didn't turn it physical to begin with, yeah, Punk shouldn't have punched him. Correct. No, so they want to get into an argument. They want to get into a, a, a fuck you match. No problem. Right. Argue, yell at each other, curse and swear at each other, call each other names, do whatever. Mm-hmm. Then Punk would be in the wrong. They got into an argument punk corked him. That's no. That's not acceptable. But Perry came to the back, being you no know, newer, significantly newer in the industry than Punk, has not accomplished nearly what Punk has.
1: He never will. Let's be right? honest.
0: And you're gonna try to play, you no know, Johnny Big Wheel? Like, come on! Like you, you know your place, right? And if you act like that. No yeah, he he, he got, got smacked. and I, don't, I just don't have an issue with it. i I don't think it makes punk look bad. I really don't think it does.
1: I think the problem that I have is the problem I have, I guess regarding punk would be all of these things have one common denominator and it's him. What I mean by that is you don't hear about anybody else having issues with other people. I mean, granted, if we go in the way back machine, remember Malachi Black said he wanted to be or he at least teased that he wanted to be released, that he wanted to go somewhere else. Um, He had that fight, which we all believe was intentional uh, with Sammy Guevara intending to get fired so he could get out of his contract. And then we heard that Sammy Guevara was doing some knucklehead things as well, things he shouldn't be doing. So that necessarily wasn't too surprising. But I would say, take all this punk stuff out. When was the, the last time you heard of, hey, this happened, and this didn't look good as far as AEW is concerned with talent?
0: Well, Sammy. He's, but he's that was a, a while ago. Kind of I mean, doesn't make any difference to him that long.
1: No, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, though, yeah, they had these one-offs, right? But there had never really been any big consistent issue.
0: Sammy the had issues with Del Rio, did he not?
1: Well, Del Rio wasn't in the company. But still. um, That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if he had issues with him or not. And
0: then it was, he was Sammy's had issues with a couple people.
1: He had issues with uh, Eddie Kingston, and I believe uh, evidently he called him fat. Eddie Kingston went ahead and just uh, jacked his jaw and Eddie Kingston was suspended as well. So guess
0: what? Sammy deserved it. Well no, we'll look at something else. What's a what's a, a common denominator? If, if I can steal your, your line here.
1: Uh young talent. Um young in, talent. immature talent. Exactly. So that's if also gonna, a common if
0: you're gonna be an idiot, it's gonna happen.
1: Now, 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 Punk did say, if you go back, so after all of this is happening, you go back to his press conference, and granted, I guarantee he would be willing to take some things back. Now, right? Listen to what he said about the comments about Hangman Adam Page. I don't really take advice. You got a locker room here, a Hall of Famers, and you don't want to take advice? Go fuck yourself. You should take advice. When it comes to anybody who says anything, doesn't keep it in house, go fuck you too. And as far as people wanting to say that he was the one that got Scott Colton uh, moved to Ring of Honor, he says he has nothing to do with that. I just wonder if people just don't like him and they're poking the bear, or there's a side of CM Punk. That just continues to follow him. He's a lightning rod for controversy, and he likes to play the martyr. And I think that could be the case, too. But the point that I'm trying to make here is when you've already had a situation happen to you, you've already been suspended, it's already made huge headlines. It's not really looking good on your part. Don't you think you would try to keep a low profile? Don't you think you might want to stay out of some of these confrontations You're not on your way up in your career. You've already peaked, man. You're on your way down. Maybe not as far down the hill as some may believe. But you have more years behind you than you have ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And you also think that people may take into consideration the fact that whether or not he has power on collision. The fact that he went ahead and sent Christopher Daniels home. First of all, no one has a bad thing to say about Christopher Daniels in wrestling, period. If you can find someone who has something bad to say about Christopher Daniels, tell me. Sending the head of talent relations home because Tony is not having his guy. uh, What's his name again? The guy who bites people. A steel. A steel. Thank you. In the building. He thinks it's a tit for tat. That, my friend, is wrong. And I wonder if people say eh, it's kind of sketchy you know what happened at uh, at all out in the press conference but then but then what he did with the whole a steel you know wanting him get his job back and sending christopher daniel's home for people who don't like someone that just solidifies them to not liking them it just proves their point correct mm-hmm. and I think that's where people are like, okay, so he did this to Christopher Daniels. It was unnecessary. You know, it's a pissing contest at that point. But now he's got into it with Jack Perry. And yeah, Jack probably was smart enough to him and wasn't the mature. But as a locker room leader, as somebody who should be maybe taking people under their wing, you got to keep your cool. But once again, Jack started the, the altercation. As we're all told, I hate to say this, but my father told me this. Don't necessarily start it, but if somebody does, finish it. Absolutely. So There's so many schools of thought to think about with this. But, so now we've just kind of talked about all of that at a very high level. So, appreciate you hanging with me on this one. Ross Berman is reporting that that's not the only situation that happened. Here is his exact quotes. From the fallout of CM Punk and Jack Perry's altercation, it seemed to have snowballed. According to Pro Wrestling Torch, Punk chewed out AEW president Tony Khan in a confrontation that was described as heated and intense while both were in the guerrilla position. Then the confrontation continued into Punk's locker room. Now, the report indicates that when Punk threatened to quit AEW before his match with Samoa Joe, Joe then came in, talked to Punk, calmed him down. They ended up having their match. Um, It would then go on to say, Uh, Punk and Khan were said to usually communicate with each other after matches. That was not what happened this time. They usually even text message each other according to one of these sources. As of right now, there hasn't been any communication between CM Punk and Tony Khan as of right now. Um, Jack Perry was escorted out of the building after his match on the pre-show. Punk then came back after he had his match with Samoa Joe, had his situation with Tony, went back into his locker room. Security followed Punk into his pri- private locker room. And then, I guess per Tony Khan, he was escorted out of the building and sent back to the hotel. All let right, let's, let's, let's digest this part. Okay, let's take it from Punk's perspective. He's pissed off. Think about it. He says he works with immature kids. Didn't he say that at last year's press conference? I work with immature kids. I'm getting fucking sick and tired of it. He's getting sick and tired of this. Maybe he's getting pissed off at Tony Khan, as in, like, can't you keep these guys under control? Why do I continue to be in these situations all the time? Let me ask you this question, and I know the answer already. Doesn't Tony Khan have a lot to shoulder as far as responsibility for everything that happens in that company
0: yeah about 95 percent of it yes he's so what's your thoughts
1: on punk having a confrontation with tony Khan, threatening to quit uh because he's sick of it do you think there's there's something to
0: this probably uh he laid into con because he's fed up and irritated i can get that 100 we've all been irritated at work before uh i don't know about you but i know i've chewed out my boss before We've gotten at it pretty good after I did quit. I handed him my office key, grabbed my backpack, and walked out the door. No problem. I'll go work somewhere else. Cooler has prevailed. I went back to work a couple days later. It is what it is. But Punk's got a lot of pressure because he was brought in as, you know, the Messiah. The Chosen One. He was brought in, yes, very much so. Yep. And... He's got a lot of pressure, and then when it's just nonsense, Tommy's letting everybody do whatever they want and get away with it, and it's just nonstop juvenile foolishness. He's getting fed up. I don't blame him for getting fed up, pissed off about it. He was he was wrong to say, well, the hell with this, I quit. I I would imagine that's more Frustration, mm-hmm. and I quit, and I'm I'm packing it in. Right, maybe maybe not. Who knows? But that's would be my guess. He's not. He wouldn't have literally quit and just walked out and you no know, took his ball and went home. I don't think that was the case. He was just pissed off, fed up, and you know just got into a fist cuff. You knowing when he's on his way to his match, and he was just fed up, and I'm sure he's fed up with the way. Tony Khan lets everything happen. Say what you want. Punk's been around a long time, and he's been to the pinnacle. He's, I know you don't necessarily see it as the pinnacle, but he's been with WWE. You no, know, And all this bullshit doesn't happen there.
1: Well, the old man doesn't let any of that, that to happen. I mean, we can say a lot about Vince McMahon, but the man doesn't let bullshit happen. No. You, I don't care how old Vince is. If you get called into Vince's office, You better have a Bible with you and a rosary because you are going to get verbally eviscerated by that man.
0: And you deserve it. And
1: once again, I don't have a problem with that. So situation number three. After all this is going down and Punk is heading back to allegedly back to his locker room. um, Miro comes up and says, hey, man, what the hell is going on? Many believe Miro was just unsure of what had happened. He wasn't in the vicinity when everything went down. Punk then turns around and says, you have a problem with me. Let's step outside and let's go. Evidently, nothing happened. It didn't look like Miro was wanting to. He was inquiring. But again, in the heat of the moment, do you see what we're saying here? You're pissed off at something. Somebody said, what the hell's going on? And then you get right up in their face because you're you're already, already riled up. mm mm-hmm. These people got a problem with me. You got a problem with me, so I get that.
0: That's nothing. That's that's a nothing burger. I, I
1: think that's a nothing burger. Not I think even it, we're
0: talking about
1: no. But I'm just saying it was reported that happened yeah. as well. Here's the other thing that I'd really like to know: who the hell is telling all this shit to all these people? Who who is the person, or who are the people who are getting a hold of Sean Ross Sapp? Who are these people that are getting hold of Dave? Who are these people that are getting hold of Wade Keller? Who are the who are these people? Because in a lot of ways, these people are a huge problem and they should be reprimanded because no matter what happens in house, it's Vegas and it should be handled that way. Is there any way you think that that's ever going to get tracked? Uh, they're going to find out who the hell sets up because they had a meeting about this at one point last year that we keep our mouths shut. How does this shit
0: keep getting out? Just some scumbag. Like, keep it in-house. Do it for a magnitude of reasons. One, so the company you work for doesn't hook like a bunch of clowns. And doesn't go out of business because you're employed by them. Well, what do you benefit from that? You don't. Hey, Uncle Dave, I got a hot scoop for you. Okay, Dave reports it. What do you gain from it? An unnamed source said... Because they're not gonna come out and say, well, Mike Freeland with AEW. He he said that uh Miram Punk almost got into a fist cuff. <laughs> You know why? Because Mike Freeland won't be with AEW on Tuesday. No. Mike Freeland's gonna get his papers Monday or Tuesday at the latest. And he deserves it.
1: And I'd probably an be blackballed. That.
0: Perfect. That's what you deserve. No,
1: I mean I'm not Keep disagreeing with you. I agree. House. So, is there any way that that and I know I'm probably speaking you know in a utopia here, but how do you do it i I uh, mean in the history of rumors, i mean i that probably started in caveman days, you know somebody heard something, somebody told a story and and but my God, it's like perfect example, I teach if something went down at my high school and I saw it. I'd go home and maybe talk to my wife. I'm not going to go and put it on social media. And if somebody came up to me and was like, Oh my gosh, Mike, did you hear about what happened? I'm just like, no, I wasn't on that floor that time. Even if I did, I wouldn't say anything. Why? Because it's taking care of the brand. And at the end of the day, does another mouth need to be talking about something that has no relevancy outside of people just being nosy?
0: No, no, like when I do somebody think I... at work comes into my office and that happens so often oh did you hear, I don't care and they just kind of, someone will just look at you like, listen, I don't care I'm not getting involved I don't want th- nothing to do with the drama I couldn't care less I'm just here to work this this is not high school we're all I think the youngest person at my job is 33 or 34 look like you're a grown-up if you're still looking for drama at that age well maybe you're not a grown-up you should be but maybe you're not so much unless the way I am I don't, I don't care I don't feed off drama I get nothing out of it I don't care about rumors does it affect me nope don't care I got life to live I got grown-up responsibilities If it's not going to adversely affect me, or even if it's not going to positively affect me, if it has zero bearing on my life, nah, don't don't bother me. Just leave leave me. And I don't say that to be a jerk. It's just I don't want to be involved. I just don't need that headache.
1: The other thing I will say is this. Um, Gosh. It's just so interesting when you look at all these these different aspects of what's going on within the company. And the reason why I say this is because, yes, it's only five years old, and there's going to be a lot of growing pains. I get that. However, however, there are certain things that need to be handled from a management perspective on day one. When you're a teacher, you go over your rules and your class uh, etiquette on day one. You set the tone things that are going to be happening, right? What is acceptable conduct? What is not acceptable comment? So what you need to do is you need to finally determine how am I going to lead or write this ship? Now, we talked about this. If you've let Pandora's box open, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's already out.
0: I don't know how you rein it back in.
1: I don't know if you can rein it back in.
0: But that could literally be what would put them out of business, Mike. Like, I I don't think people get it. I know you do, please. I don't, that probably sounded bad. I didn't mean it that way. But you know what I mean? Like, they could go tits up as a company just because they're a bunch of adults acting like children. Yeah. That could be what does this whole thing in. Right. That's terrible for a company to go bottom up because nobody's growing up. Like, give up your crap. Come on.
1: Now, some other news that's been coming out of this is in addition to that, that CM Punk did not find out allegedly about his suspension because he is suspended. Uh, Jack Perry is suspended. Do we know how long they're going to be suspended? We do not know, but it was reported that they're suspended. Um, that Tony Khan did not speak directly with CM Punk regarding his suspension. Sources say, again, that Punk was notified through his attorney.
0: And that's a bit nonsense, too. Oh, don't talk to me. Talk to my lawyer. No. Right. I'm talking to you. Like, Are you, are you that big of a deal, say, huh? I don't deal with with you people I only know you need to speak to me through my lawyer that's a bit self absorbed in itself wouldn't you say i do but punk shouldn't be suspended just for the record i i I've been a guy who's said a lot of bad stuff about punk and I, I believe th- everything I said but in this one, I think he's he's getting bamboozled on this well he should I can't be suspended. I
1: also don't think he should have showed up as boss like that. I don't think that was a smart idea. I, I don't think he should have gotten into any con's face and chewed him out. We don't know what was said. No, we, we really don't. Still. You don't, you don't, you don't do that though. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was an issue right there. I think if he was going to be suspended for something, it would have been disrespecting the boss right to his face. I think that's a problem. I think you could have gone behind closed doors and you could have had a heart to heart, if you will. But, you can't do that. There's certain things you can't do, especially when they created a show just for you. Think about from this perspective, they create a show just for you. You've already been suspended once. You are regardless of what's happening in the court of public opinion. You're always the one that's involved in these things. Why don't you just walk away? Why don't you just have your match, get to your car and go back to the hotel? Why do you feel like you need to always have your finger involved in stuff? unless he's been given a certain amount of leniency. What he did to Christopher Daniels, the man brings stuff upon himself. Let's be really honest. He is, you know, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you choose to respond. Mm -hmm. He hasn't always chosen to respond the right way. And I know we say some people are just hotheads. Man, they get pissed off. I mean, hellfire and brimstone. Yeah, I get that, but there's other ways to handle yourself. There are. There are other ways to handle yourself. And when you're already under the microscope and you're already being critiqued by people, is it a really wise move to continue to be a hothead and continue to do things that are going to draw more attention to yourself? Or do you say, you know what? Not my thing. I'm walking away. Um, hey, listen, you put a guy into allegedly a chokehold or whatever it may be. You can't put our hands on each other. And I think that's what Tony's trying to also say. No fisticuffs whatsoever between people. We're beyond that now. So unfortunately, if I have to make an example of certain people, I will. And 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 maybe that's just the way he's looking at it. I don't know. But once again, I don't think neither side or either side is 100% innocent. I don't. I no, really I'm not saying don't.
0: Punk's innocent. But I don't have a big issue with what he did, though. I really right don't but, have what I'm with... saying though
1: is if if you want to be respected as a leader right if you want to be respected as a leader there are certain ways that leaders will carry themselves. There are certain ways that that they will handle things and if you are a vet and you realize that these guys really need some help or grooming or whatever. I mean literally getting in fist fights with kids almost makes you look immature as well. You talk about, I work with children. Well, your actions are kind of childish as well. So two wrongs don't make a right, but it doesn't necessarily put you in the right spot. It, it just really doesn't.
0: Mm. So That's fair.
1: I don't know. It just, it's one of those deals where it's like the older you get, the more you start to realize that sometimes th- things aren't as easily clear cut as you had originally imagined they were. And sometimes you got to realize, you know what? Maybe this company's not what's best for me. Maybe it's not. Maybe he should leave. Maybe if he's really this upset and frustrated, he should leave. I don't know.
0: He's not. Where what else is he going to go? He'll okay, catch on. I bet you can go back to WWE if you wanted to. I don't
1: know, man. I, I think that ship has sailed, to be honest with no, you. A I don't, really I don't think
0: car. so. No, not a chance.
1: Let's go on to um, our next match. Now, obviously, this is not going to be uh, in order, but we're going to, go to the Women's Fatal 4-Way for the AEW World Championship, Women's World Championship. You had champion Haruka uh, Ushida, who just won the belt about a month ago. She was taking on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Tony Storm, and Soraya. Uh, needless to say, I think a lot of people had a good feeling about what was going to be happening in this match What did end up happening was Soraya won. Uh, She originally came out to Queen when she was walking down, which was a huge uh, popular move by AEW and Soraya. She ends up winning the match. She's the new champion. She gets the big pop from the hometown crowd. Her family goes into the ring with her. Um, It was a pretty cool moment. Clearly it was done because she's from the UK it's clearly done that her family is a huge wrestling name in the UK. Does it have a big happy moment with the crowd going crazy and then Queen playing in the background? It does. However, you have to look at it from once that match is over, what do you do going forward? It looks like, at least on the outside, that the outcasts are now no more, that Soraya is now a babyface. But Hikaru Shida just won that belt less than a month ago, and now all of a sudden it's off of her. And we talk about belts not needing to be played with like hot potato, but they're doing it again. You know, you had Tony Storm have it, and then obviously Hikaru Shida won it. Now Saraya has it. I hope at some point in time that they're going to start slowing things down and building the women's division back up a little bit more again because at one point I felt like it was one of their strengths, but unfortunately, now I feel like it's kind of taken a back seat. First question to you, Butster. Soraya wins the championship. Hometown crowd, hometown pop. You know you know it. Was that a good move when I, when we talk about long-term? Or do you think that was an instant gratification, hometown crowd, let's look good for the pay-per-view?
0: Oh, hometown pop. This is not long-term. Soraya won't be wrestling a full-time schedule. Right. It's not going to happen. She might be on every week, but she will not be wrestling every week. It's just not going to happen. Plain and simple. So this is a it's a short-term answer. It's She's the hometown girl. Like you said, the family are huge over there. You know, you get the big pop. You get your moment. You know, the fans go ballistic. The place erupts. Everybody's happy, you know we're, you know, kissing babies and hugging puppies or whatever the hell they say it is. It's all that, that feel-good stuff. It's not a long-term thing. Right. How long do you keep the belt on Serena? Like, really, where do you go from here? What do you? Right. What's the direction? What's the point? And I'm not taking nothing away from it, but I just don't understand the, the, the storytelling that's going to happen from here. What kind of a program are you going to have your assumption would be something with her and Tony or her and Ruby. Ruby All is past... broke up, so now, yeah, we're gonna so feud with each other,
1: right? So, in the match themselves, um, Saray would go for a pin and Tony Storm would go for a pin at the same time that they would bicker with each other. There was a moment where, um, Saray's mom got involved. And Tony Storm ended up hitting her mother. Uh, Ruby Soho came down. That didn't go well. And then obviously um, Soraya ends up winning. So I feel like they've, they've done away with that group. At least that's the way it sounds. And from what I'm understanding now is that uh, one of them is going to be getting a shot at Saraya to find out who's going to be um, the number one contender for the championship. Here's the other thing. They got a match. They got all out going to be happening this upcoming weekend so that's kind of a quick turnaround um i often question why would you do shows like that a week apart big shows because you don't even have build up right you don't even have the ability to have a build up so
0: we just have to continue on with the current program basically as best as you can or else it just doesn't make any logic you can't come up with the new storyline in a week right when you're going from a, a huge event like that and AEW only does four pay-per-views a year right it now so?
1: it's 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 four but they're looking to expound upon that
0: yeah but they're, lo- as of they're not only really do doing one. four so if you're going back-to-back pay-per-views you know, you, you don't have that time to build it. you generally do leading up to pay-per-views, but pay-per-view at AEW still matters. Yeah. Like WWE, not that pay-per-views don't, but they happen every second week, it seems like, there's one, or third week, they, there's a lot more to them.
1: Yeah, there seems, there does seem to be, yeah, that kind of so stuff going on. then
0: you can have a throwaway pay-per-view, as bad as that sounds. For AW you can't do that because they just don't have enough pay per views to have it not have significant, not have significant. Blah, blah blah. Try it again, <laughs> not have significant value to it, right? I don't know, we'll, we'll see how this goes, but it's just a, it's all got to be a continuation of last week's program, right? For this week's, because I don't know what else you would do. What can you possibly change this week?
1: Not a whole heck of a lot. Not a whole heck of a lot. And I don't know. I just I worry about that because, again, does it feel good in the moment? Yeah, sure, it absolutely does. Does it make sense long term? I don't know. No, I don't know. Um, Let's go on to another match. FTR takes on the Young Bucks in what was – uh build as being who is the best tag team of this generation and FTR ends up winning I thought it was a fantastic match both of them end up using each other's finishers it was highly contested a lot of close pinfalls back and forth and back and forth I mean that that match you could probably watch it on loop multiple times it was so good FTR ends up retaining the championships they go ahead and extend their hand to the Young Bucks to go ahead and say, hey, the rivalry is finally done. The Young Bucks go ahead and powder out of the ring and uh, say, no thanks, they walk away. So right now, FTR is still champion. Um, Does that surprise you in in some way? Because, you know, I had thought since the Cash Wheeler situation, you know, having a gun on him and uh, being, you know, arraigned and whatnot, that that was probably going to be something that would find him suspended. And that he'd probably have to take some time off. They drop the belts. Young Bucks would, would pick up the belt so they could keep the tag team division going. But so far there's been no repercussions whatsoever for cash. Are you surprised by that? Because it it does seem to be a little surprising to me at least.
0: Oh, it does for sure, especially given the, the climate we're in these days with the violence and all that and gun violence and everything else. Now, one article I've read, unfortunately, um, I don't know where I read it, what, what page it was on. Um, Cash didn't so much. It's not like he just walked up to a guy and pulled a gun on somebody. It, it wasn't something like that. Correct. What happened in Florida, which has a standard ground state, I'm not 100% sure exactly how that works. We don't have that up here. But basically, you can... Now, if it comes down to an argument or, or whatnot, you feel threatened, you can pull out a gun, is is what I get from it. I might be completely off base on that. I mean the thought of driving around with a gun to me is so foreign. I don't get that, but that's a whole another conversation there. True. No, I'm not going down that road. But from what I hear, he didn't really do anything wrong. What he did wasn't necessarily necessarily illegal from some of the articles I've read. So I, I don't know. It It's a tough one. It, it would make sense to take the belts off FTR right now. Right. Just given everything that's going on with cash. Right. So if they plan on keeping the belts on them, my guess would be that they have a pretty good feeling that nothing's really coming of it.
1: Well, let's go ahead, and for those of you who aren't super familiar with this, um, I'm going to read you something from the New York Times. So it is basically um, a story that kind of breaks it down and kind of gives you an idea of what exactly was going on with this. So Cash Wheeler, who wrestled in WWE from 2014 to 2020, he was part of a tag team called The Revival. Now they are part of AEW. The reason why they're known as FTR is because on the YouTube show, being the elite, they would continue to say FTR, meaning F the revival. Well, Wheeler's real name, who's Daniel, is one half of the current tag team champions. Wheeler 36 was booked in circuit court, uh, the Orlando, Orlando Sentinel reported. The arrest warrant was issued on July 28th, and he pled not guilty on August 3rd. At the hearing on Friday, it was revealed that Wheeler's arrests stemmed from a road rage incident in which Wheeler was accused of branding an iron uh, towards a victim. So basically, they said he basically flashed a gun at someone uh, as he was on the road, and it looked like it's a road rage incident. So AEW has been made aware of the charges and are closely monitoring the situation. Wheeler is allegedly fully cooperating with local authorities, The wrestling promotion said in a statement to the Sentinel. So I'm not really sure what exactly happened here. looks like there was a situation. Maybe it was he got cut off. I don't know. Maybe something happened between he and another car, and he decided to show his weapon. Um, But, yeah, that's, uh, again, again, the whole stand your ground, whatever it may be, let's say it was that. You got to be super careful these days. You just do. Um,
0: How bad could the road rage be that you feel I need to pull out a gun?
1: I have no idea. That's the thing. I have no idea. I mean, I just don't think it's a good idea.
0: No.
1: Yeah. I'm with you there. I just don't know.
0: So, that that's an interesting one. But the only, the only way I see them keeping a the belt on them is if AEW thinks there's not really going to be much of this. Because you got to think, if he gets arrested like, and he's got to go to court and all that stuff, it's a bad look for AEW. Even if he comes out innocent or not guilty or however you want to put it, it's still a bad look for AEW. So your tag team champion gets into a road rage incident and pulls out a gun? That's not a good look. Not a good look for anybody.
1: No, it's not. But wouldn't you also agree in, in a lot of ways that, and, and maybe this just comes from my my background. You gotta be super careful what you do, especially when you're in the limelight. I mean, as a, as you know, as an educator, or whatever like that. You know, you can't you can't be going out and doing things, um, especially when you're known in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't go and do certain things that you know would would paint my school in a bad light. That doesn't make sense. That's not a smart idea. So use your head. Think. And I mean, once again, I'm not saying he didn't think. I'm just saying you got to be careful. You got to be careful when you're in the public eye because people are going to scrutinize you once up one side and down the next. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, The CM Punk Samoa Joe match, I think, was a really good match. Uh, They got great chemistry together. They really do. Then again, they've known each other for over 20 some odd years. They've had many matches together before. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a really good match. I think Samoa Joe looked great in the match. I think Punk looked great in the match. Um, You could tell at times that he was a little distracted. He seemed a little frustrated with everything that happened. I get that. Um, But the match itself, I didn't really have an issue with. Um, I thought the match was good. And... um, I thought it was a solid match. Nothing, nothing spectacular in the match. Um, punk did a great job selling for Joe. Uh, Joe looked like a monster, looked like a huge monster. And man, I love Samoa Joe. I mean, no, no matter what version you're getting, whether it's the WWE, the ring of honor, the TNA, the AEW version, Joe just seems to be getting better with age. He just really does. He's still incredibly agile. Um, he can still cut a great promo. I mean, he's in shape, so I think there's a lot of there's a lot of longevity in his career, and he's going to do well. So we'll see what happens. Um, House of Black, who is the current um, trios champions, uh, they took on the acclaimed and badass Billy Gunn. So if you caught Collision uh, this past Saturday night, obviously leading into the pay per view. He made the announcement that Billy Gunn is no more, but there's a badass that's going to be coming to Wembley Stadium one more time. And they ended up winning. And they are the new trios champions. They defeat the House of Black. Again, is it a questionable decision? I mean, I think it is. House of Black is young. They're the team. Why would you do it? Was it for nostalgia purposes? Was it because Billy Gunn is there? I mean... And if Billy Gunn is not necessarily going to be around all the time, are you really going to have great, you know, trios matches? I don't know. I just felt like you made this big deal about putting them on the House of Black, even though in some ways I feel like they were almost kind of cornered into putting the belts on them. I mean, Malachi Black was very outspoken about, you know, what he wanted. He was very outspoken about how he wanted to be on Collision. And. You know, you hear these things where people say, well, I went out of my contract. I went out of my contract. And maybe some of that's just BS. Maybe some of that is true. But AEW went with it, and they gave him the belts. Now you take them off. We both like the acclaim. Much like the Soraya decision, was that just a nostalgia move, or do you think Tony thinks that Billy, who's in his 50s, And the acclaimed are the hot commodity, and they're going to be what's best for the trios division.
0: I would say it's a thank you. It's a a thank you deal. Let's put the belts on Billy, give him a little bit of a run, and then that's it. He retires and goes into, because he's a coach, right? He is also, yes. Yes, Yes, who just goes into coaching, being a road agent type thing. That's what I think it is. How far could you go with Billy and the Acclaim Issue Trio of champions? Not, don't get me wrong, the Acclaim claim very good. Billy's very good. But Billy's getting a bit older, actually, a lot older. He's 50 plus years old. Correct. I personally would sooner see the Acclaim as a tag team. Just, know if they want to keep Billy as their manager or something, which is kind of what I thought the original plan was that's what
1: i thought was as well i thought he would be the manager he could still do all of the stuff he normally does but they wouldn't be reliant on him to actually wrestle
0: that's right and you get further ahead leaving the house of black as your trios champion they're probably your only legit trios in AEW.
1: yeah no i agree with that completely
0: so how do you take the belt off them when once again, what's your future storytelling? Where are you going now?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, how far do...
0: can you get with the acclaimed extra field champion? Like, what's what's your payoff? Where's where are you going? What happens this week? Yeah. I don't know. No, it's I'm just, with you. It, it just doesn't help the future. It doesn't make a lot of sense. You're taking the belts off of three damn good wrestlers. Not yep. that the acclaim it, and, and Billy are not damn good. They are as well. But when you, you have a trio, so legit trios, and then you take the belt off of them to put it on kind of trios, I guess. More of a tag team and, and a physical manager in all reality. Right. And Billy's getting older. He's not. He's not going to want to wrestle for a hell of a lot longer. I wouldn't. Assume, I wouldn't think so. Maybe. Maybe not. He's still in damn good shape.
1: Yeah, he is. The guy is great...
0: in great shape. Looks like a million bucks.
1: He also does bodybuilding as well. Um, so after you're over fifty, they have what they call the masters or the mm-hmm. open category, and he uh, competes in that.
0: And he does so... powerlifting as well.
1: Oh, there you go. So maybe, maybe at the end of the day, he just wants to take care of his body and he wants to do some things. Look, I've wrestled for forever and a day. These two other sports, I really haven't done. I want to do these things before time is, is, is gone in my athletic career. So, you know what? Why don't, why don't it move on? So, but it's
0: another short term, uh, it is solution, or, or I don't even know if it's a solution.
1: I don't think it's a solution either. I also think that it's one of those decisions where it was made to look like a good pop. I think it was made to look good for the crowd. Um, Again, a nostalgia type of thing. Do I think it was the right move long-term storytelling? No, probably not. But once again, we don't own the company. So Um, We had Will Ospreay taking on Chris Jericho, which again was a phenomenal one-on-one match. Uh, it, it just really proves how good Will Ospreay is. Will Ospreay is, in my opinion, um, right there with Kenny Omega, maybe even right now in his life being younger, um, maybe even slightly better physically. But we need to truly well, well, hold on, hold on. We need Can to appreciate Will Ospreay. Again?
0: Can you say that again?
1: Please. I know. I know. He may be because of his age, which he is slightly younger. He may be right at that level with Kenny, or maybe slightly above. It's a fair, it's a fair statement. Wow! And I love Kenny. Look, it's no one's off limits. No one's off limits. I'm saying things as I believe them. So I'm saying as I believe.
0: Never thought I'd ever hear that.
1: Well, I mean, Will Osprey's pretty damn good.
0: (laughs) He's fantastic.
1: It's fantastic. He's really, really good. So that match went really well. Will Osprey ends up coming out with a victory. Um, Again, great match. Uh, Jericho looked great as well. I mean, both of these guys were really bringing their A game to to Wembley. Great, great match. Um, Another match that I did not necessarily think that I was going to be all that excited for, uh, just because of the hokey nature, um, was the coffin match or... The casket match, as they call it in WWE, or the Last Rites match, which they have in TNA uh, Impact Wrestling. Anything with a casket is a ripoff of what WWE did. Let's just be honest. It really is. So it was Sting and Darby Allen taking on Swerve Strickland, and it was supposed to be AR Fox. Well, if you've seen the most recent episode of Collision, um, AR Fox uh, was fired by the mogul affiliates and replaced by Christian cage. So it was a good physical match. I, I was highly entertained by the match. I thought Christian cage looked good in some limited spots that he had done. Um, I think sting again, I don't know how in the hell he does this at 64. He went through tables and he did, he did a lot of stuff, scorpion death, um, scorpion death lock. He did the stinger splash in the corner. Dude, looked good. Um, again, in specific spots. Darby Allen continued to put his body on the line every single moment, and I feel like that guy is going to be—he's going to be beat to hell sooner than later because he just takes so many chances. But a guy who I think really shined the most was Swerve. Man, that young man. Has got it. That young man is talented. He's talented. He has the look. He has the charisma. He has so much going for him. I would not be surprised if at some point he was AEW world champion. Really? Oh my that's, God, yes.
0: That's bold. Yeah. You you think he's that good?
1: Yeah, I do think he's that good. I, I do. I think athleticism, he puts on great matches. He puts on great matches.
0: I'm not going to argue with that. He does.
1: Um, He puts on great matches. He's a great storyteller. Um, He knows how to get heat as a heel. He knows how to get up in people's faces. He's just good. Like, I feel like a a lot of people may not realize this, but he was a part of the original group. Oh, my God. Why am I forgetting this all of a sudden? Uh, With B-Fab and and everybody. What's that group called? in WWE. Um. Oh my god, this is terrible. WWE, it hit the one guy who did the WWE treasures. Um, pull up my notes here again, let's so see we can find her. name of that group. Oh, shoot, top dollars in it as well. Um I'll let you look for that.
0: I'm working on it.
1: So I think he's phenomenal, and I would definitely put him as a world champion. I would absolutely put him as a world champion. He's good. He's talented. Um, Like I said before, he just has the walk, the talk. When he did the Who's House, Swerve's House, everyone in Wembley Stadium responded, Swerve's House. He did it like three or four times in a row, and I was like, holy crap. Like, this guy definitely has an appeal with the audience, and I'm incredibly... Um, impressed with that. So I, I would not be surprised if Tony Khan at some point in time decides, you know what, the world title picture, we need to mix it up a little bit. We need to mix it up, and, and maybe we should throw him in there right now. Maybe not give him the belt just yet, but I think at some point in time, he's definitely going to go ahead and get that. Um, hit row. Hit row. There you go. So And I think he's actually really the best thing that came out of that group. And it was WWE's huge mistake to to let him go. Um, But you know what? It's the way it is. Sometimes we realize the mistakes we made. And sometimes uh, our misfortune is someone else's gain. Let's go on to the six-man match, which was the Golden Elite, which was Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, who were the Golden Lovers in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And if you're unfamiliar with the Golden Lovers and their story, I highly recommend, I'm going to post a video from YouTube that tells the story of how they came together. Freaking amazing. Great storytelling. They were joined by Hangman Adam Page. They were taking on uh, three other great wrestlers, Switchblade Jay White, Juice Robinson, and uh, Kenoste Takeshita. Great six-man Man, all these guys were bringing it, and they all are young. They're all hungry. Hangman did the Arhari moonsault. He did that. He did the buckshot lariat. Kenny Omega did V-triggers on just about everybody. Um, Kota Ibushi is an interesting character because what we saw with Tanahashi in the match that he had with MJF, and MJF made him look really good, Unfortunately, Ibushi hasn't quite been the same. Uh, he's he's collected some injuries over the last few years. He's not the Ibushi that we had seen several years ago. Um, unfortunately, he's been riddled with injury, and he still gets the respect from the New Japan crowd, but he's not quite the same as he was. He's not on his A game as much anymore. Not an old man by any sense, but just injuries have really plagued him and, and not allowed him to really... Uh, perform at the highest level switchblade jay white freaking love that guy i mean you could do a switchblade jay white swerve strickland uh program together that's how good they are um i love the concept because he's so wild and crazy he's just so fun is juice robinson you could do yes. so many things with him he's so entertaining um and then uh State de is you know part of the don Callist family and uh, I feel like they're trying to recreate the Heenan family with Don Callis. And it looks like um, Takeshita and Kenny are going to have a one-on-one match at All Out in Chicago, which I think is going to be literally a nine-star match. It's uh, it's going to be that great. Um, let's go ahead to the Stadium Stampede. Wow, Stadium Stampede. Now, the Stadium Stampede, the whole concept of that was... It was to be you are fighting in a stadium all through the crowd. You're supposed to be, well, theoretically, the stands um, where they sell the food, all the concourses, all that kind of stuff. Well, that was during the pandemic and there was no one around. So what happened now is you're having a situation where you have people at Wembley Stadium and you have to adhere by what Wembley Stadium feels comfortable with legalities right safety all that kind of stuff so it basically turned into just a, a hardcore match with the um with these guys again great friggin match loved it uh, there's something about eddie kingston that just never ceases to surprise me he could make you believe he's angry at a piece of paper he's amazing he could cut a promo on a piece of paper He's just that good. And the crowd popped for Eddie Kingston when his music hit. Um, Pentagon was in the match as well. Penta did a great job. Uh, he ended up uh, pulling the Ric Flair spot where he was in the match. He got hurt. And then he went backstage. He changed into a different Penta costume. And he came out as um, oh, he does the alter ego to, to Pentagon Jr. So he came back out to the match again. And best friends had a great moment sue uh, was at Wembley she pulled up in her van <laughs> and she not only smiled but she put the driver's window down and she had a cookie sheet that the boys used but it actually had fresh homemade cookies on it as well um, she was involved in the story as well people were people were chanting sue it was awesome loved it she she's over like rover she, she goes, I love sue Sue should get a title shot. I mean, she's like freaking yeah. amazing. Um, the match was really good. Best friends, Orange Cassidy, um, Penta El Cero, and Eddie Kingston end up winning the match. Uh, they beat the Blackpool Combat Club and uh, Ortiz and Santana. So Santana and Ortiz are back together. I did notice that there really wasn't whole much communication between both of them, but uh, Mike Santana is jacked as hell right now. The man looks so swole, it's not funny. As the kid. he looks he looks yoked, as the kids would say. He looks great. Um, and a lot of people have said, Well, why was he gone too long? Well, if you remember the last blood and guts, what they did, which was wow, that was back in Jacksonville. Uh I think where Chris Jericho ended up falling onto that cardboard supposed to be diamond plated whatever the hell it was and he tore his acl in that match and uh, he was out for year and a half i mean and it does take that long for acls so uh, best friends won they had their moment in the sun with sue and orange cassidy orange Cassidy ended up taking tape uh, masking tape and using it in the reverse way then taking a glass bottle and smashing it and then putting his hand in the bucket with the smashed glass and they were showing the smashed glass on his hand, shards. He was doing the orange punch with that. They ended up winning the match again. It was entertaining. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with storylines or anything to that nature, but it's interesting. It also allowed you to see Mike Santana. What are they going to do with Santana and Ortiz? Be interesting to see what happens.
0: How uh, much did Mox bleed?
1: Oh my God! It was. A lot. And he also got skewers in the forehead like they do in, in, in Japan. Oh, really? I don't get oh, it. Man. I don't get it, but that's just the way it is. So that was the card. Um I really enjoyed it. I mean, as far as my first initial reaction was an eight point seven five, eight and three quarter stars out of ten.
0: You missed a you missed the match. Who did I miss? Really? Hold on.
1: The main event. The main event had uh, MJF. Thank you so much. MJF versus Adam Cole Bay Bay for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. The match was good. It was evenly paced, it went back and forth really well. Adam really laid it in uh, more so than I thought he would. Uh, Max was so good. They had some comedy spots there as well. You remember the Eddie Guerrero, you got the chair, I got the chair, you got the chair, and then someone lays down, acts like they got hit by the chair. Um, But Max actually put the chair around his neck and laid down. And then Adam sits up like, what the hell is that? Like, that's, what? And then Adam lays right back down. Bryce Renberg turns around, doesn't know what the hell happened. The crowd loved it. Um, They both yelled double clothesline and double clotheslined each other. It was a good match. and. Max ends up winning uh, as a roll up. He rolled him up and got to one, two, three. Uh, Adam Cole is devastated by the loss. Um, Max immediately realizes how upset Adam is. So he um, gets out of the ring, grabs a ring of honor. Tag team title says, we got these still, man, we still got these. And Adam Cole throws his ring of honor belt out of the ring. And Max says, what, what's your deal? And uh, you see Adam Cole looking over at the AEW world title, and Max goes, it was this? This is what's upsetting you? He goes, if you're this upset, he goes, here, have it. I don't even care anymore. And it really shows the evolution of Max as his character. He's happy. And he said it was just a, a fluke win. It was not a big deal, man. We're still champions. So the whole crowd yells, hug it out, hug it out. They end up hugging it out. Um, Adam Cole puts over MJF with the, with the finger of the point, the triple H finger. And, uh, and then we go off the air. So again, 8.75 out of 10. Um, now that I've watched it a second time, I'll probably bump that up to a nine. I really, really think it was a solid show. I think that everyone came together and did a great job. I didn't think anyone mailed it in. I think everybody had. Had brought their A game. Like I said, the reason why I didn't give it a ten was because I thought there were some questionable decisions made. The acclaimed becoming the the trios champions with Billy Gunn, eh, don't really know about that. Soraya becoming the world champion, eh, I don't really know about that. Um, but other than that, if I were to stack rank my favorite matches, I would have to say it would go Will Ospreay and Chris Jericho is number one. I would then go um, Young Bucks versus FTR is my second favorite match. Third favorite match would probably be the casket match, which I thought was really good. Fourth would probably be um, the six man with the golden elite and hangman. And then I'd probably go next would be MJF, Adam Cole, and then finally the stadium stampede
0: that's well it's not how i would have thought they would go well i haven't seen it but just looking at the card on paper that's not the the order i would have expected
1: well you know what sometimes i'm gonna throw you for a loop my friend
0: you did tonight
1: i did um Anything else that you can think of right now that stands out when it when it comes to the world of wrestling that is like uh, catching your eye, catching your attention?
0: Um, no, not right now. Unfortunately, I'm a little bit out of the loop. I've been a little busy the last couple weeks, so got some catching up to do. Uh, so no that that's about it. Um, <laughs> any word on if Wardlow is ever coming back? Have you heard anything?
1: I I haven't heard. I haven't read anything about it yet. I'm I'm very disappointed in the way that's gone down. I, I mean, I, I can't. I got nothing to say. I'm very disappointed. Um, I'm very disappointed that they had so much in him that I feel like if he goes to WWE, I think he's going to be a huge megastar. I really do. If I were to compare him to somebody, I think he could be like a Batista. I really do. And I think he could be very successful. Um, I, I just I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. I they're not bringing Serena Deeb back because Creative has nothing for them. But this is what you have for your women's division, and you're not bringing back the Professor Serena Deeb. That doesn't make any sense to me. So the AEW
0: is not in is not in great shape.
1: It's just, it just makes me question some of the, the the decisions with some of the characters. If the audience likes a character, why do you go against that? I mean, uh, unless there's more to it than meets the eye,
0: and there could be. Maybe there is.
1: Maybe there is more that we just don't know about.
0: Seems to be an awful waste of talent.
1: It is a huge waste of talent. I don't. I'm confused, and I don't get it. Um, by the way, uh, Dave Bautista is actually going to be in the uh, new Mortal Kombat trailer coming up here. Um, so they're going to be releasing the Mortal Kombat uh, franchise series, and uh, he's going to be in it again. Let's have the discussion here. Um, John Cena has another movie coming out. I think it was. Um, oh, what's the vacation
0: one? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, uh, yeah, I've seen a commercial for it.
1: Yeah, so John Cena, uh, let me see here. His new movie, what the hell is it called here? Uh, I'm pulling this up here. I want to say it's something about vacation or honeymoon or something to that nature. What the hell? Vacation Friends. Um, So he's coming out with another one, another movie like that. So he has that coming out. Batista has Mortal Kombat coming out. I don't know what The Rock is going to be doing. Of all three guys... Yes, The Rock has, has drawn more money. Absolutely.
0: you think?
1: Who's the best actor in all of them? Dave Bautista.
0: You really believe that?
1: Dave Bautista, in my opinion, has had a better Hollywood career than John Cena. Clearly, before John Cena. Yes. And I like his movies more than I like The Rock's movies. And the reason why is because The Rock doesn't really do anything that has any depth to it. He's always the leading man. He's always the good looking guy. He's always the guy that has the muscles. He's always the guy that's funny. You know, Batista has done comedy with Kevin Hart, uh, which is very successful. He recently did the M night Shyamalan movie, um, knock at the cabin door, which really showed his depth. If you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend seeing that movie. Um, He was a huge part of the uh, franchise with, um, Oh, my gosh. The uh, superheroes guardians
0: of the galaxy
1: guardians of the galaxy. And obviously now he's going to be doing Mortal Kombat, which I really think is going to go over well uh, based upon the things that I've heard so far. So as far as my opinion of Dave Bautista movies, I think Dave Bautista is far and beyond, obviously not box office, but I think he's the best actor between
0: all three. Well, I, I had him ahead of Cena, not The Rock.
1: So your movies are going to be, or your your actors are going to, so The Rock is number one in your in your slot, yep. Cena's second, and then Batista's third? No, no,
0: no, no, no. Rock, Batista, Cena.
1: Okay. So for, for people who might not be familiar, here's the recent movies that he has done. Um, Knock at the Cabin Door, which... I thought it was really, really good. Uh, All the Guardians of the Galaxy, really, really good. Um, he did a movie called Parachute, which has a high rating on um, Rotten Tomatoes. He did Stuber. He did Kickboxer Violence. He did Escape, uh, Escape Plan, which had uh, Sylvester Stallone in it. He had Escape Plan 2, which, again, had Sylvester Stallone in it. I think also had Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Um, let's see here. What else are some of the other big ones that he did? Let's see. I just really like his movies. Um, he did some comedy ones called My Spy as well. Um, what was the other movie he did with Kevin Hart? What was the movie with Kevin Hart? Didn't know he
0: was in one with Kevin Hart.
1: I could have swore he was in one with Kevin Hart. Um, he worked with Bruce Bruce Willis in uh, Marauders as well. Um. I could have swore he was in one with uh, with Kevin Hart. Let me see here. Dave Bautista. What's the one where he was like an Uber driver?
0: That's Stuber. That's
1: the one it was. Let me see. I thought he worked with Kevin Hart. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Is there a chance I'm wrong? Yes. Would you put the possibilities of me being wrong?
0: 83%.
1: Wow. Thank you so, so very much. You're um, welcome. Okay, so I don't think he's done a movie with Kevin Hart yet, so... I don't know why I thought that was. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just me. Um. So, yeah. So that seems to be everything that I have to talk about. Is there anything else that you have that you would like to talk about?
0: No. I think that that's about it for this week, Mike.
1: And it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been great. I really appreciate everybody hanging with us. It's been a long episode. I know the is incredibly tired. It is... Going on almost midnight, but we are under the two-hour mark, which is actually really good. Um, again, if you're enjoying this podcast, please let your friends, your family, anyone know about this. We would definitely love to continue to grow our audience as well. You can follow me on social media. I'm at the t h e Mike Freeland, so it's t h e m i k e f r e l a n d all together. Um, and then the butster. What is your Twitter handle? It's got new two two nine one
0: that's me g-o-t-n-e-w-f two two nine one
1: perfect butster it's always fun talking to you and uh please send my best to the missus have a great rest of your week as well right. and that's gonna do it guys so thanks for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode of the front Home material brand na, 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 na.